Yeah, they had us the first half. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, could be Wayne. I think I got my swagger back. Oh, oh. I love it, baby. Them orange britches. Something about them orange britches. Ball hit high in the air in the right field. Going back is Sayre. And Tennessee can say hello win column. A grand slam in the bottom of the ninth. You can't draw it up any better. We just won a basketball game, and we're very happy right now. It's McGrath for the win. He got it. If you don't like college football, and you watch this one. I'm not sure what your problem is. Read it, did to do. <laughs> and welcome into More Important Issues. It is Thursday, February 15th. It's episode 536. I'm dyslexic. I love that Landon... Worked hard, got an outline drawn up, and I know baseball starts this weekend. Big win the other night for basketball, but guys, this entire show is dedicated to the resurgence of an EA Sports College football show. Um, I've got Twitch ready to up and ready to go. You guys are just going to watch me play through my latest dynasty, so I hope hope that's what you had planned for tonight because that's what we're doing. I think it would be awesome if you didn't actually show them the actual gameplay. They just had to watch you play the react game. yeah yeah. Okay. yeah i'm down for that too we can do that all right yeah. Yeah. you you run it landon i i'm i mean I, on a serious note i am beyond fired up i know the gameplay's never been as bad as madden so i just hope it's not a lot of misconceptions it's been running on the madden engine i don't know what any of this means i just know what what i've read but it's always run on the Madden engine. That's a thing people try to say. The game's going to be bad. It's going to be run on the Madden engine. It's always run on the Madden engine, apparently. Gameplay's just always been better. I don't know why. I don't know what they've done. It's always been better. But aside from just that, there's just things about college fall games that are more fun. They may fix it. They may add some the NIL and, and add cap. But recruiting's more fun than going and trying to sign free agents. It is, oh, yeah. I think. Oh, yeah, 100%. Five-star? kidding me? Yeah. The, Who cares about the, the top free agent? You got to pay him money. Exactly. The Road to Glory, well, they've changed it. Road to Glory, um, Campus Legend, all the big man, well, yeah, Campus Legend, all that. Knowing you have four years and, and you have a, a true freshman year, it's just well, so much more fun than a, a you know, uh, I, don't, I don't even remember what they call them now on. I haven't played Madden in a long time. I wonder if they're still going to have like COVID seniors in this game. <laughs> I think every every maybe like what twenty five years that you do a dynasty in a dynasty, there should be a pandemic where you only play like six games. Okay, in yeah, empty like stadiums. That. I think and, it would be a conspiracy. I guess <laughs> they actually had this game ready, but then COVID happened. They're like, hey, you know, that's way too many players to put in a game. So yeah, we're just gonna we can't pay all that. that. Yeah, we're just going to wait until they're um, all gone. All the COVID years are gone. I like that thought. And it seems like the people that are in charge of this not bleep this out, Dylan, NCAA game, EA Sports College football game, remember what 
what makes college football special. They mentioned it. It's the the traditions, mm-hmm. it's the pride, the pageantry. That is what's fun about the college football games is the the fight songs, the the mascots doing weird things on the sidelines in random cut shots. The FCS Southeast teams you play. Yeah. Which it would be cool if they had FCS teams in this game, by the way. But anyways, yeah, that, those are the things that I think that the people creating the game have understood. Yes, the gameplay was better, but what made college, what made the college football games better than Madden is just what makes college football, more, in my opinion, as a not purely athletic sport, just sport to watch makes it more fun than the NFL product. Yeah, I just think it's there's so much difference within each school, um, whether that's and there's like a certain weirdness to college football, like blue turf or just, you know, a leprechaun on the sidelines. Like it's just weird stuff like that that just it just makes it so much better. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned blue turf. If you play an entire dynasty as Boise State, you're a psychopath. I hate playing or playing with Boise State on NCAA games. It hurts my eyes, hurts my head. If you do an entire dynasty there, psychotic. You should yeah. be locked up in jail. There's also the people that love the triple option. Guys, that ain't it. Okay, you. the thing is, see, I, I agree with uh, Chris. Um, I don't know, Chris, I'm blanking on your last name, Chris. I agree with his, his logic, though. It's why you run the triple option out of shotgun. You don't run it at Georgia Tech. But it's the same reason you run it out of shotgun. It's so much fun the, because it's easy. Well, yeah, the, the read option is great. The the triple option. You nah. but you don't run the triple option out of shotgun. You don't have you don't have the running back read option and then no, have- I'm I'm doing read option where if my quarterback's getting it or my running back's getting it. Other than that, we're we're bombing it down the field. You gotta oh every, you gotta throw in <laughs> the pitch th- you gotta throw in the option threat. Nah. It's deadly. And then if you do play with the service academy, you go and you recruit the number one and number two wide receivers in the class. That's your priority. And you you triple option, you bomb it deep, what you just said. You run two plays and two plays only. See, I, I'm down with that. But yeah, just running the triple option the entire time. Like those academies yeah, do, that, yeah. but you don't. You don't. You take the boring parts out of that, and you're on the okay. fun parts. Of well, it. yeah, that's fine. I've never done it, yeah. so I, I just like bombing it down the field. I like having. I've never played a dynasty with it. I have played games, and okay, yeah. the water receivers are fast, so it usually kind of works out. But yeah. Anyways, uh, I was going to talk about this for an hour and a half, but I can tell Landon's getting bored, so we'll, we'll talk about what we came for. Um, <laughs> I'm not bored. I, I'm excited for it. I just need it to happen. I'm just kind of like there wasn't a date involved there, so that kind of worries me a little bit. Neyland's gonna be gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, the letters, dude. I, I, I might buy a PS5 for this. I got one. You gonna give it to me? That sounds like you're about to gift it to me. My birthday's coming up. <laughs> I'll sell it to you. Hey, uh, uh, Dylan, will you screenshot my Venmo since that's a thing now? We're sharing Venmos and just see if people will donate to my PS5 fund. <laughs> Go fund me. Yeah. It's my birthday. Nothing's wrong with me. It's just my birthday. Yeah. Just, uh, hey, guys, I want a PS5 and I don't really want to spend my money on it. But if you guys will just listen, what is it? Like 500 bucks? 500 of you give me $1. That's all I'm asking. Let's, let's spread this out even more. 500 of you 
five or sorry, what would that be? Five thousand of you? How many? How many would? How much would five thousand get? I'm really bad at math. I'm I'm struggling right now. I'm actually not bad, which makes it embarrassing. Will that be ten cents a person? I I think so. I've relied too much on a calculator. I can tell in the last few years that I need that. <laughs> <clears throat> Anyways, yeah, just you get it. Yeah. Please help, but don't. I don't really need it. I mean, if you want to, I'm not gonna not take it. All right. Speaking of. He doesn't need it, but he's going to keep taking it. Jonas A.D. Are we going to quit sleeping? Okay. I, we have not been the ones to not talk about him. It's been others. Can we give him a standing ovation for the others? Let's do it. Yeah. The man's a menace. He's a double-double machine, it turns out. He loves to dunk the basketball. I and love he's, that. He's having fun dunking the basketball. I love and that. I actually – who was on the call last night? Tom Hart and who's with him? Was it Tom Hart? Um, uh, what's his name? That's it. You got it. Yeah. Uh. Anyways, in the same sequence, which I I do like this one. Jimmy Dykes. Jo- uh, was Jimmy it G- Jimmy Dykes? And then who's the other one? Then. Um, or was it? What was it? Carl. Maybe. Or Ravage. I don't know who it was. Anyways, they called him Jonas. Uh, he called him Adu. <laughs> yeah, he called Adu. him Adu. Adu. Yeah. No, it was more of like an odd. Greenberg called him Adu at halftime. Adu. Yeah. Okay. Then it was it was it was in a fast sequence because in the same one he called him Adu and then he called Ziegler like Z- Ziegler I think. Okay. Yeah. Adu and Ziegler and I was like that's a Just that's a deadly combo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like it. I, I think I think it's a good name change. Um, but yeah, this dude's just a, turns out he's a walking double double. Yeah, and last night was just a feast for him, and he's so athletic. Like he he moves without the basketball. He he's always. It just seems like anytime Zakai is dribbling the basketball, it seems like a do. Now I'm calling him a do. A do is always always mm-hmm. open. Um, he, he finds the open lane. He he finds, you know, he just gets the ball around the rim and. It's just so easy for him when when he does that. Like no one can no one can guard that. When you have a guard that can get to the rim like Zakai can, and then you you can lob it, you can you know go around a defender like Zakai does a lot. Um, I think that's they're a deadly combo. Yeah, I, w- I would like to make a. I'm not creative enough to make a great nickname, but I would like to make a nickname for the duo of Zakai Ziegler and Jonas Adu. Adu and Ziegler. That's it. (laughs) Don't land it. Don't mess with magic here. Um, Yeah, that's uh no, they play. I mean, and I feel like we're taking away from another, another solid performance from Dalton connect. Can't sleep on that. This is what I'm obviously now I feel better about the game. Did this game feel weird to you in the sense of like I didn't feel like we played exceptional and we won by twenty nine? Yeah, I mean we weren't great from three. Um, Poor, but I mean we we we're, we're really good from the free throw line, and I, that helps so much. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, I think you're gonna think I'm crazy. I think this was Dalton Connect's best performance all around so far. Okay, I. Do think you're a little crazy? Three blocks, was- two steals. I mean, he was all over the court. He wasn't just a offensive player that 
you know, yeah. is athletic okay. enough to hold hold his own on defense. He was a threat on defense. He was a guy that they're like, well, we can't go to that side because mm-hmm. all connects over there. I mean, he's so – I think he's underestimated by – I don't know how he is to this point, but he is. Like, people don't think he can, he can run right by him and get to the rim. He does that time and time again. And I don't think they recognize, like, oh, he's 6'6", but I still got this shot. And he's able to block shots that way. Um, people are just underestimating Dalton Connect and his athletic ability. And I mean, I'm cool with it, but also like you're you're being dumb. Yeah. Um recognize. Real recognize I real. I don't when you lay it out, honestly, I don't disagree with you. When you when you put it all out like that. Um, I don't know if that makes it true, but I think you 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 produce a strong argument. I persuaded you a little bit. Yeah, no, you did. I, I was well. I was going to say he. I thought this was a game that he struggled to get open off the dribble because they get on him so much. Yeah. But I thought he played really good with the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. Um. Somehow was able to get in a lot of mismatch scenarios. I again, I don't know how he still has. Well, I know how he has the ability to run past people still because Landon. It's because he's white. You see a white guy on the court. It doesn't matter how good he is. You never think if he's if he's great. You never think he's as good as he actually is. Yeah, it's that thing when you're you're even, you're leaving. Like I, I think yeah. they wait until he gets like right up on him. He's like, oh, I I got this. He's like, I don't care if he scores thirty. You know, he's not getting bombed. We'll do it, like that. and he will. Yeah, and he'll dunk no, he, it on you too. He uh, he was enjoying dunking. The hit. Like Jonas Adu, he was enjoying dunking the basketball. Yeah, time. yeah. Poor, poor Arkansas. They're they're a bad basketball team. I will I will go ahead and say that. Uh, Gus or Gus Mus. I mean, Musty. He's uh, he looks terrible this year. Credit I mean, to him. I he did have some. He had some good opportunities to lose his mind last night and take a shirt off on the court and didn't. He didn't. He didn't take a shirt off. Yeah, thank goodness. Um, the goaltending yeah. call was. Egregious, based on the position the ref had. Yeah, and, and I don't understand how, like, you you play basketball like based off what the score is. Like, I, I feel like there's plays made up because of what you think the score is, or, or matchups of what you think the score is. And if we don't know because they can go back and review it, it that's insane to me. To be fair, the rule does make more sense than I read that I read it because I thought the same thing. So outside of the last four minutes of the game, which I still don't disagree with what you're saying. I think it should just go to review immediately. Yeah. It should just be a reviewable play, but you're already, you're already stopped. Like play was stopped. It would be different yeah. if it was in play. That's what, so if the call's made, it's reviewable. If it's not made, it's not reviewable no matter what, but if the call's made, it's reviewable. I think it should just go to review right there, get it sorted there. Cause I don't, you're not wrong. You, you need to know the score. Mm-hmm. It was a minute and a half until the score got corrected because of this. But the rule is the, those plays get looked at at the next TV timeout. So they did operate the rule correctly. Mm. Except the last four minutes of the game, it's immediately reviewed. So I do think they at least acknowledge that in crunch time, we're going to get the score right right there. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, I guess that makes sense. I just... I still, I still well, think you, it should just be immediately reviewable because, like you said, the play stopped. If you're, well, yeah, and, and like everybody, stopped. it goes to like halftime break, and everybody thinks the score is this, and we have to find out on social media people that are there saying that they reversed the score. That makes no sense to me. You just want to, you, 
you're just upset you didn't know till after when people there knew before. Happened. Yeah, exactly. I already tweeted the score out. I had to go back and delete it and, and make a new one. It's. I think you should have kept it. I think they should reimburse me I think, for my time. I think technically that was the score after halftime, but the score going into halftime was what you tweeted. They got those points at half. Okay. Because they did technically get them at halftime because the play wasn't reviewed until after the first half was over. Yeah. So I think you're right. So dumb. <laughs> um, yeah, I just I, I think Arkansas's not good. They are credit to them. They still fight, but it's almost not fun seeing a not good team fight. It's almost like oh, someone put them out of their misery. Yeah, they are. And Tennessee uh, tried. They just don't have any dudes. Like, and it's it's weird for Arkansas to not have any dudes. I know they have had some injuries, but they is that what they're calling them now? I guess they are just not good no at all it's a it's honestly a sad sad state of affairs right now just because uh, it looked like that program is rolling and this is the this is the opposite of rolling they have they're going backwards yeah they they took a take a step back to a whole nother level (laughs) (laughs) going they're three and eight in conference play right now yeah oh so interesting enough about conference play i'm I'm sorry i'm changing the subject um but i guess you know we're, we're getting into crunch time sec standings have you looked at the SEC standings for the top four or five teams and looked at their away records? Is it bad? It, it's, it's just everyone's everyone's pretty much lost away exclusively. Tennessee obviously has a home loss. I think everyone but Alabama has a, at least one home loss, and then they have, what, like three away losses, four, mm. three or four. Yeah, I was – I mean, it, it adds to – I mean, I think it adds some context to the weird things happen on the road in conference. Um Again, I see this is why we didn't do a show Sunday. It's gonna sound like I'm excusing Tennessee's loss as a whole. I'm not. That was a pitiful performance Saturday night. Um, that's actually not why we didn't do a show. We, it was yeah. a Super Bowl, but there, there was definitely also that that was a factor for sure. <laughs> we weren't gonna change our schedule after that performance, is, exactly. is kind of the thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean it just puts it into perspective, but it is getting into crunch time. Sorry to get away from Arkansas so much here, but Tennessee's coming down the home stretch, they play. We don't play South Carolina again, so we play Auburn is our only chance to make up ground. We do have a win over Alabama. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And we're also one game back from every team that's ahead of us. Yeah, that's so dumb. <laughs> I give the way each week for another team to have that week off. Yeah. Whatever. So, whatever. But, yeah, it's uh, – oh, sorry, we do play South Carolina again. It's obviously yeah, out of South Carolina. I thought yeah. we did, but I was like, that doesn't – I was – Trying to go through our schedule and didn't seem right. Yeah, they got um, so you, a little bit too. So. so you play every team ahead of you right now, except for Alabama, who you have a, a game you have a game on. You South Carolina Alabama again. What? That yeah. okay. I don't understand Alabama. our schedule. So full disclosure, I looked at our schedule and I thought it was Vanderbilt, Missouri, Texas A and M. I knew we played Auburn. And then I thought it was No, I don't know who I thought it was. But then I know you played Kentucky again. Um, okay, so you get every okay, that's even better though. Yeah, your the last four games are, are huge in terms of seeding, not just SEC tournament, NCAA tournament, but also yeah. we'll probably decide like who wins the SEC. No, you you have four games to go win the regular season, right? Yeah. Like you, you I mean, you have to go take care of business with Vanderbilt, Missouri, A and M. But then you but control then, your own destiny. Yeah. You right now you very much control your own destiny. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, you you still you do still need Alabama. Well, you could be that lost Alabama. So never mind. You completely control your own destiny. Yeah. Let's go win a let's go win a regular season title. Let's do it. And then let's have an early exit in the SEC tournament because who gives a rat's ass? Because you already oh, got a gosh, banner. don't start that. Don't start that. <laughs> gosh. Really? Our our fans would be livid. This is what Rick Barnes does in March. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. That will happen. But I'm uh which hold on, Landon. It is now the argument since Saturday night has transitioned. It now is not what Rick Barnes does in March. It is now what Rick Barnes does late in the season. Yeah, it's I'm looking trend. at it like a, a, it's a, trend. a baseball tournament. Like that tournament means absolutely nothing. Now, I think you got to play, do do play at least to like the semifinal. In okay, basketball, I think you got to play at least the semifinal. Win, win a game or two. Cool, whatever. I'm I'm saying like the regular season title is way more impressive than the, turn, the SEC tournament title. It is. This is a tournament sport. But you play like way more games. You have to fight tooth and nail. I don't like necessarily anybody can win the SEC tournament. I don't necessarily think one in in terms of conference. I don't think one is more impressive than the other. But I think it's similar to saying being number one at the end of the season is more impressive than winning the tournament. I don't think that. I just think it's it's more it's more impressive to win in this league. Not in and this not league, man. This league, I think it's impressive. I just don't think one is because of the nature of this sport. I don't think one is more impressive than the other. It's a tournament sport. Well, I, I just so think it, you you look at it as like in terms of like the big picture of the NCAA tournament. The SEC tournament does not mean anything, really. But the regular it, season tournament doesn't really mean anything. A regular season. Uh, well, that that's seeding to get into the tournament, but the SEC tournament doesn't really do anything. It should, but yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, that's not a fault of anyone's except for the committee who just don't want to do their jobs. Apparently, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, going back to Arkansas a little bit, Jordan Ganey. What a game! Stand up performance. Yep. Get yep. get hot, my guy. Get hot. I think. This goes into those uh, the people we were talking about on this roster that you don't need every night, but if you get one of them every once in a while, like poor Viscovi, the man just struggled. But Jordan Ganey did not. The opposite of struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even Josiah had 12 points in that game. So, but again, Ziegler didn't get into double digits. So, I mean, I think if you have these guys contributing while Dalton Connect does his thing, and then if you get a Jonas, eight, uh, how are we saying it? You do. Adu, adu. adu. Yeah. If you get a Jonas, uh, God, I can't even do it. Adu performance like that, like yeah, you don't need, you don't need the Jordan Gaines every night. But when he's hot, you love it. And when he's hot, when other guys aren't, you really love it. If this is a guy that's trending up, a guy that's can be lethal from the three point range, love it. Yeah, it's just an added benefit for this team to have. You know, you have Dalton Connect doing his thing. You have Adu doing his thing. Zakai is facilitating, even though he only had nine points, he still had six assists. Um, so, so still doing his thing, two steals. Jordan Ganey, yeah, he shot the ball well, and that's about all he did. But he was really good defensively too. Got out in transition, wasn't just creeping around the three point line. Um, yeah. He went and found some shots and made some tough baskets around the rim. And uh, I think that's I, that's. I thought he's always played. 
well defensively. He's not one of your your top ones. I thought he's played well. I think that's what's kept him in in this when he struggled shooting is that he he can still spell guys because he's good on the he's good enough on the defensive end. That that's the only reason Scobie right now is starting. Yeah. Right. Because he's good. Think, he's good defensively. He can knock down free throws. Well, that's, that's uh, about really all. I mean, he does he does rebound pretty well. Um I don't also don't know if there's anyone behind him that would be a solid starter. That would give you any Yeah. I, I mean Ganey scoring it's, sixteen points. I mean well, yeah, but there'd be a case, but he's not. That yeah, that's the exception currently, not the rule. I would love for it to become the rule. Then he probably he does he may become a starter. Well, maybe not this late. If it's working, yeah. why why mess with it? I, I was um, a little nervous in this game. Arkansas started out three for three from three. So that was yeah. I was having deja vu from from Saturday, but uh, yeah. uh don't worry. It, it we did find out Texas AM can miss. They they can. They can, yeah. But Vanderbilt could not in that last play. <laughs> it's gotta be tough going from a like a you know, fourteen thousand seat arena that's loud as pit. I mean, so people were calling it a tournament environment. I'm assuming they meant on the court. You do not get a crowd like that in the tournament on Saturday night. That's not the kind of crowd you get. Yeah. That crowd was insane. It was at least on the on TV. It, it looked awesome. Then they go and play in front of like 500 people doing homework in Memorial Gymnasium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was like a, a team beating like Ohio State in football, and then turn around the next week and lose to Iowa in a closed door scrimmage <laughs> yeah. with no fans. Not Zero even the kids at the it, hospital. <laughs> it, it actually it was so empty that people began having meetings again about COVID lockdowns because they thought maybe an, uh, uh, the epidemic again or the pandemic again started in Nashville. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, that's actually really what kicked it off on Twitter. Um, I can't remember who it was, a, a, a person that's a vault Twitter person, if you will, tweeted a, a video that was like Nashville doesn't quit or something like that. And it was like the week COVID started with people at a bar, like a, like a, I don't know, Tootsies or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then the world shut down t- it had to be 10 roof 10 roof was definitely the patient zero now there's a lot of places that you got covid's still just healthy there <laughs> <laughs> um, um yeah i don't i mean i don't really have anything else for uh yeah you really just arkansas but yeah you, you, you just whoop that ass um <laughs> And you that was the first win since 2009. Is that right? In, 2009 in Arkansas, Arkansas, yeah. 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 Um, and won in Arkansas since 2009. Yeah, just a just a big win. I mean, <clears throat> at the half, it, it's six points. You thought it was eight, then it turned to six. And uh then you just came out and just let it loose. I mean, I kind of looked down at my phone a little bit and was just kind of scrolling because not a lot was going on in the game. I looked up and we were up like almost 20. And I was like, oh, okay. It, it was a very uh, <clears throat> slow 30, 29. Yeah, it was just a gradual. It wasn't super exciting. Yeah, it wasn't like a huge run. Um, <clears throat> Tennessee went on like a 14-2 to two run. I was like, there's no way we've scored yeah. 14 in that run. We just didn't play good enough, and sure enough, we did. So. Yeah, we were just scoring baskets here and there, but <laughs> Arkansas just wasn't scoring at all. So, Yeah, which not good in a game you need points. Yeah, you should try and score, Arkansas. All right. Let's uh let, let's talk about some coaches real quick. So uh, Jerry Mack obviously headed to Jacksonville. Um, Brian Jean Marie is headed to back to Michigan. 
to be the linebackers coach. I'm gonna say Jerry Mack. Losses. Yeah, that's that's the big loss. Um, Brian Jean Marie, I th- I thought he did well with the group he had. Recruiting, I don't know. That's it's a weird one because the guys he's landed were in state guys like Aaron Carter, um, Edwin Spillman. Like those guys are, are in state guys. He did land Keenan Peely out of the transfer portal, but the majority of those guys were in-state prospects. Elijah Herring was another one. Um, But Jerry Mack, what he did with Jabari Small and Jalen Wright, I mean, that that group this year went from being like the top passing offense to the top rushing offense real quick. Um, And so, yeah, you got to give credit to the actual running backs. But Jerry Mack did a great job of – you know, Jalen Wright was ready to enter the portal before last year. So, the fact that he was able to keep him here, um, kind of run that room and, and keep everybody healthy, also get guys in here like a Cam Seldon, um, a Peyton Lewis. You know, I thought he did a really good job recruiting. Um, so, I think that is a big loss. Brian John Marie kind of just went back to his buddy at Michigan for, I guess, more money. Well, yeah, and he got paid. Yeah. Um, which I know Tennessee probably um, came back with another offer, but at the end of the day, I think he wanted to go back to coach with Sean Moore. So whatever. Yeah, I, and I I agree a thousand percent that, that Jerry Mack is the biggest loss of these two. Um, and that running back room's been stout the last two years. Um, and it's it's not just I mean yes, Jalen Wright bulk of it last year, but it's not just been one guy that that's contributed and and. Um, been an impactful guy it's been the whole room um so yeah big loss there but uh i think the um growth of aaron beasley since brian john marie's been here i think screams to how how good he was um and i think there's some young guys that have come along we haven't seen that a lot of guys are young still so we haven't seen their full growth Um, i think it's a room that really really struggled last year a lot due to depth this year struggled but not as much found some guys that could could be impactful i thought he was um i thought his position group was the I'm trying to think how to word it i guess the most surprising like they had the most upside this year because you knew what the defensive line kind of brought already going into the season yeah and they lived up to the hype Mm-hmm. I thought the linebackers played above their level this year. Yeah, and Gary you know, who so knows much. what happens with that group if Keenan Peely is there for right. the whole entire year. So, yeah, so I, I think I, I think that's um, credit to him. How much credit? I, I well, I guess we'll find out this coming season. But I think they're both pretty big losses. Um, but they also both they didn't get. Let's not hit panic because they didn't. In terms of the state of the program, it's not like they got asked to leave or left for a lesser job. One guy's going yeah. to the NFL, and one guy's getting paid more to go back to where he was before. Wanted to go, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. um, yeah I, I don't think it's it's detrimental. Um, these are also the two guys that weren't with Josh Heupel previously. Um, so I, I do think. I would like to see them add guys like that, guys that aren't necessarily just with Josh Heupel. Don't 
you know, you don't have to go the analyst route and just promote. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I think eventually you want to get guys from other places that have different experience, different perspectives, um, and, and make it work. I think that's what makes you such a good coach is you're able to get guys from all these different places and the train keeps rolling. Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious to see what direction Tennessee goes. Um, yeah, and I know He's, running back wise, there's a lot of. I think the TCU coach has is, is kind of been named. He has Memphis ties. I think he was at Cordova and then Memphis. Um, I'm trying to think. The Oregon running back also has some um, ties to the Memphis area. Uh, Matt Merritt was an analyst here, and then he was at South Florida, and then I think he was at he got hired at Miami this year. So I don't I don't know if that's even an option. Um, now that he yeah. already took that job at Miami, but you know, a guy with Tennessee ties that maybe you at least give a phone call to. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, it's kind of crazy. We're this far ahead and, and we're having to like get coaches right before spring practice. Well, the Georgia, Georgia state coach, um, is headed to South Carolina and they already started spring practice and <laughs> he just dipped. Okay, what? It's February. Yeah. What, is this high school football? What are we doing? I have no clue. It's weird. I was uh, – the reason that I mentioned um, just kind of interesting, I, I think this position group, the groups, I'm not saying you can't hire within, but the last two hires have been within. And I don't know if you – know, I'm curious if that's the route that it goes. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, I know Kelsey Pope was a, a, a good one, but Alec Ablin kind of didn't have a, a great year at, at tight end. I mean, he, he played. Oh, sorry, I forgot about him. I was thinking of Joey Halsley. Yeah, Joey Halsley's another one. Yeah. So, Josh Hyper likes that route, but. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we got a special guest, and that's our good friend, huh? Ben McKee. Ben, what's up, brother? What's up, guys? How are y'all doing? Good, man. You doing good? I'm 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 doing well. Getting my suitcase ready to head okay. out to to Dallas, Arlington. I guess technically speaking. So doing a little packing because uh, college baseball is finally here. I was about to say I thought you'd be in Arlington by now. Do that same day traveling. Yeah, doing doing the same day traveling. Got a got a little one, 19 month old, and daycare, and the wife's pregnant, and. We're actually moving to a different part of town, so there, there, there's a lot of moving parts in, in my life uh, right now. So trying to, I, I'm I'm gone more than I should be. So trying to limit <laughs> being gone more than I should be as, as much as possible. So hopefully, uh, American Airlines will treat me good tomorrow and, and make sure I'm I'm at Globe Life Field before first pitch. Heck yeah! I was about to I say, going to ask what, that money. Yeah. Um, you're rocking rowback. You're you're moving, traveling. I mean, you're you're living the dream. Yeah, I, it's certainly the dream. I, I don't know that I have money, um, <laughs> especially about to have two kids and, and daycare and and moving. Yeah. And uh, I think I saw a tweet from Caleb a couple of weeks ago about the housing market. If I remember correctly, maybe it's a couple of months ago. I, I I can't remember, or, or maybe I'm mistaking him for somebody else. But it, no, it, it, I I did have one that fired some people up unintentionally. I, I wasn't yeah. trying to make a statement, but well, uh, no, sure I saw your tweet and I agreed with you. Uh, it, it, it was true. I, was, I wasn't trying to fire him up. 
So th- th- I think this was this this rollback hoodie was was a birthday gift or okay. a Christmas gift or something like that. So do not let the the logo fool yeah. you whatsoever. Well, shout out rollback. Yeah. Twenty percent off your first purchase. Promo code more important <laughs> issues. We'll just do the ad right here. I love it. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, money's definitely probably an abstract object, and I was curious. I guess uh, not not for your employer because they didn't put you on on Sprint or Allegiant or anything crazy like that. No, and and I booked out a couple of of months, so um, I, I booked before I before the ticket prices got super crazy. I I, I don't remember what I paid, but it, it was fairly cheap. I, I think I booked pre Christmas, uh, so okay. and flying into Dallas, so not not anything. Yeah. Too remote, which I is that I think, a direct out of Knoxville? Uh, I'm direct coming back. I do have a layover okay. in Charlotte, so I'm, okay. I'm going east to go west because yeah, that makes sense. Love it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the they're they're good as long as I don't completely break the bank. <laughs> if, if if I'm purchasing first first class tickets, then, then I think I would have some issues on my hands. But uh, I, I I'm I'm not doing that. I'm avoiding that so I can keep going and, and traveling. Uh, to to these big time events that that Tennessee's in and Tennessee continues high profile team in them, uh, so I appreciate yeah. them uh, allowing me to travel. Yeah, that's smart. You're slow rolling a, a Hawaii trip for the next Maui. That's smart. I like that, that. That that's right. I I probably could have pulled off going to Maui, or I guess it would have been Honolulu uh, in in November. But again, young family, a lot of moving parts. Would have uh, been traveling all day on Thanksgiving and. So not not this time. Maybe next time. Yeah. Well, you got you got to get ready for Omaha. You already booked that trip, right? I I book uh, I book Omaha trips like two years out. Okay, so I, I, I've already booked out uh, the the 2025 Omaha trip. This okay. 2024 World Series trip was booked a year and a half ago. Yeah, after Drew Gilbert hit that home run. You, you Correct. Went uh, I year. went ahead and booked for like four or five straight years. Um, <laughs> Uh, fans of of more important issues, Xander Seacrest, Jared Dickey, Connor Pavaloni, those are my guys. They'd be very upset if if I didn't do that. Oh uh, yeah. So uh, I'm I'm just trying to make sure that that they don't get upset with me. Heck yeah, yeah. Friends of the ball, I love it. Um, so going to Arlington, the home of the World Series champions, the Texas Rangers. Are we kind of putting a little poetry in here? Where we end the season? with the world series are we kind of speaking that into existence here certainly could be possible i i, I think this this team certainly has the ability and, and the talent to go win a national championship uh, i would not at all be surprised if if this baseball program won a national championship at any point within the next five years uh, just because josh elander and tony vitello and everybody else has just been recruiting at a ridiculous level uh, they, they are recruiting as well as anybody. Just go look at their recruiting rankings, which are not the end all be all, but uh, when the recruiting services have you number two and number one and number three and number two, again, you're probably doing something right. And that probably means that you have a great deal of talent within your program. And uh, we know what it takes to, to win the national championship. Uh, the, again, the recruiting rankings aren't the end all be all, but you need talent. And this baseball program has plenty of talent, and there's more talent on the way, even more than what they have now, which is pretty ridiculous to think about. Because these upcoming classes, I think it's this current freshman class or the one that just signed and will be freshman next year. That was like Tony and 
Elanders and Franks and everybody else is like their first, their first true class at Tennessee because college baseball recruiting is so yeah. odd and weird. The, these kids are committing eighth, ninth grade so far out in advance uh, that that I want to say either this past class or this current signing class is is their first full class and and it's of course the one uh, that that they've been able to reap the benefits of going to Omaha a couple times and winning a lot of games, winning the SEC tournament. Uh, being one of the faces of college baseball right now, all, all that comes with uh, the allure of Tony Vitello, uh, the Drew Gilberts, and, and everybody else. The, the, these couple of classes right here is, is what they are reaping the benefits of, and they've signed a couple of top five classes in a row. So uh, I, I'd go as far as to say that they probably will win one if I wanted to go out on a limb. Uh, okay. I know you heard I it here, to, breaking news. You heard it here first. <laughs> a lot goes into it. You, you need the ball to bounce your way right. Um, yeah. It's much easier said than done, uh, but it would not at all be surprising. And it, and it wouldn't be crazy surprising if this team won it. Uh, th this lineup is as good from top to bottom as there is in the SEC. Uh, Tony Vitello said earlier this week with John Wilkerson that it's the most depth uh, on the position player side that he's been a part of and uh, or he's been around. And they've got some things that they need to fit, figure out on the pitching mound, but they, they, they've got a lot of talent that, that can absolutely maybe create some poetry for you and, and end up World Series champs in, in Omaha. Yeah, and I think um, I think the most impressive thing kind of piggybacking on that is the uh, the recruiting class, also the transfer portal, which I guess technically counts as recruiting classes now. I, I don't I don't understand recruiting rankings at all. I'll just be honest in any sport. Um, but I think getting in. Tennessee's ability to get transfers in. I think this one, this one that can't that is coming in about to start playing too is is probably the most impressive around. Definitely the most just like star-studded you've got. Cannon Peebles, Billy Amick specifically, like those guys are gonna make immediate impacts. Tons that you just said it to, tons of depth, talent. Kind of one of those problems where you're like, I don't, we only have nine positions, guys. Like, where do we we aren't gonna fit all these guys in? I think can, like Cannon Peebles is gonna. Did, is Cal start? Didn't do they have it as an OR? Did we get an OR in a baseball yeah. roster? Yeah, I, I guess you could put it that way. I, I think they did the the slash what whatever slash that 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 is on the keyboard. Um, <laughs> I'm blanking on on Ford my slash. Here. Yeah. Uh, so, but Cannon Peebles is probably gonna be the full time. It, it'll be a platoon. I think it'll be a platoon to start the season. Okay. Uh, I, I think Cal Stark. We'll probably start tomorrow night in the opener. I would be kind of surprised if he doesn't. You've got A.J. Russell starting, a youngster uh, making his first career start, starting off the season against a top 25 team. Uh, and I know people see that Cal hit under 200 last year and struck out X amount of times, but Cal has a lot of value to this mm -hmm. baseball team, and uh, he is adored in that clubhouse, absolutely adored. I referenced some earlier Tony comments and. Uh, in that same interview, he mentioned that if if he and Frank and Elander and everybody else, all the other coaches had to be out of town recruiting and there were no coaches in town to to roll with practice and, and lead practice, they'd be perfectly fine rolling with Cal Stark and Charlie Taylor as being the coaches that day. And they they Tony went as far to say as they'd hire them. He would hire them without questions at, at the snap of a finger. Uh, so there's a lot of respect for Cal Stark and Charlie, but for Cal <laughs> in that program. And uh, he they love his rapport with the pitching staff. They, they love uh, his command with the pitching staff. Uh, they, they love the, the way uh, 
yes, the whole throwing out base runners is an issue for this program. It will be, quite frankly, until Frank Anderson is no longer the pitching coach. And I, I don't mean that as a, a bad thing. It's just uh, Frank is is more concerned about the the guy at the plate than the guy on base. His mindset is if if you win the war at the plate instead of the battle on the bases, then that guy on, on the base does not matter. Uh, so that that's the thinking. Tennessee's pitchers are slow to the plate. Don't really help out their catchers. They never have. They probably never will. Um, but aside from that, a lot that goes into catching nowadays is framing and, and that sort of thing. And, and they, they love what Cal does in that regard, his ability to frame pitches, uh, bring it into the to the zone. And um, he, he's really good defensively. So I know people see the batting average from last year, and I think he's a better hitter, too, than, than he showed last year. Uh, so I, I think just the leadership aspect and him being here, I, I think he'll get the opening day start, but uh, they're, they're going to play a lot of catchers because they have so many catchers. Mm -hmm. and um, Which is a new problem as well. A new problem, which kind of <laughs> popped up out of nowhere. Uh, but can't, they're, they're not going to be able to keep Cannon Peebles' bat out of the lineup. They're, right. That's just no way around that, whether it's catching or DH and Peebles is going to be in there more more often than he's not. It's just a matter of, easy behind the dish but I, I think the role was stark in, in that first game in the opener this is gonna uh, this is gonna bite me in the butt I, I know it I'm just gonna I'm gonna get it out there Tennessee struggled throwing guys out on base we like it's been a something that's been talked about for the reasons you said I can't think of any situation off the top of my head where it's absolutely killed Tennessee where it's directly lost them a game am I wrong am I missing one that stands out I can't think of one off the top of my head. Uh, that That's not to say that there hasn't been a, a moment, but I, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Honestly, the the thing with – Kind of shocking, it, honestly. Yes, it is. Uh, the, the one that comes to mind in, in regards to your question is actually the last time Tennessee was in Texas to open up the season, and uh, they were playing at the Astros Stadium. And um, it was Chase Dolander's first start as a Vol, and it was against Baylor. And Baylor – stole like 60 bases in the first inning. Now, I'm not exaggerating, <laughs> 60 bases in the first inning. And it, it was just guy after guy after guy after guy that would get on. He, he was a little nervous being his first start, and, and he gave up a couple walks, if I remember correctly. And uh, Baylor just kept running and, and did not stop running. And uh, Tennessee went down four to nothing in that game, I think, and then mm -hmm. kind of at the snap of a finger. That 2022 lineup that was ridiculous – scored like seven to 10 runs and, and it was over after that. That That's the only thing that comes to my mind when I think of it kind of biting him in the butt with the pitcher being yeah. slow to the plate. Uh, and that was Evan's first or second start as well when he made the move to catcher. Um, but uh, other than that, I, I can't really, to your point, I, I can't think of one off the top of my head. I, I'm sure there's been a moment or two, um, right. but nothing drastic. That's for sure. There, there hasn't been a key moment that's ended a season or altered a season uh, as a result of that. And it's kind of crazy we're talking about Cal Stark like this because I remember last season it was like Charlie Taylor is the guy. And this Cal Stark guy is like, yeah, but they prefer – the pitchers prefer Charlie. And now it's like kind of flipped where it's – they prefer Cal even though he might not be the best baseball player. He's the best catcher defensively. And, you know, the pitchers just have that rapport with him. So, you know, what, what has he done to really – you know, besides just be like a, a leadership guy, what's he done to kind of flip that script? Well, I think exactly that. He he has a very infectious personality. 
uh, in my limited interaction. Yeah, you just have that about you. I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Knoxville is just simply the best. Or East Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, just simply the best. Awesome people. Uh, but he has an infectious personality, and uh, he just has a, a natural vibe of, of being a leader to him. Uh, in, in my limited interactions with him, he, he's super nice, always says hello, how are you doing? And he doesn't have to do that. Uh, I know that's not a huge deal at the end of the day, but I, I do think that's a reflection uh, of your character. I, I, I do, and, and I, I think that that says a lot about you. Uh, so uh, it, it's that. It's his leadership ability, his leadership qualities, and uh, I, I think he's a pretty good defensive catcher as well, uh, as I was discussing uh, earlier. I, I don't know who the pitchers prefer. Uh, I They love Chuck. I mean, Chuck might be the the favorite in the locker room. He has been since he was a freshman. Uh, everybody ha has absolutely adored Charlie Taylor. No one uh, buns like Charlie Taylor. Nobody. Absolutely <laughs> nobody. But, I mean, he, I mean, and you, I know we, that's kind of a, a joke, a running joke for Tennessee baseball fans, but go back and watch the reaction of his teammates when he did that. Mm -hmm. Or uh, last year in midweek games, if if he had a big hit or a homer, go watch the reaction of his teammates. And and this year, pay attention when Charlie does something. Watch the reaction of his teammates. That that tells you all you need to know. So yeah, uh, I, I don't I don't know who they prefer back there per se, uh, but they have several options. Uh, Cannon Peebles, it's been told to me that he has a little Drew Gilbert in him in, in terms of of the mindset and and playing with an edge and. Maybe being Don't a little fired up, Ben. Don't get me fired up. Don't get me fired up in here. He, he's like Tony Vitello in in a in catcher's gear. There's, oh. I'm not saying he is Drew Gilbert in terms of like what his production is going to be at the plate, but in terms of the edge that he plays with, and, and he ticks a little bit different. I, I'm not saying he's going to turn around mid at bat and drop three f bombs at, at the umpire <laughs> in, in an NCAA tournament game with with College World Series on the line, but. He is very competitive, and uh, he, he is exactly what you would draw up if you were drawing up a, a Tony Vitello-esque player. Uh, so, he, And his bat is – Caleb, you were talking about the transfer class, and everybody starts with Billy Amick, Billy Amick, Billy Amick, uh, and, and maybe jump to Nate Sneed uh, from Wichita State. Mm -hmm. But people need to be talking about Cannon Peebles as much as they talk about Billy Amick because that, that bat that Peebles has is, as Tony said recently, it, it's going to be – Really, really hard to keep him out of the lineup every mm -hmm. single day, whether that be at catcher or DH. And, and then, look, Dalton Bargo is, is capable back there as well. So they have four really, really quality options uh, back there behind the plate. They even have a fifth in Stone Lawless, uh, a catcher from my neck of the woods in Huntsville, Alabama, went to Huntsville High School, uh, who I played against when I was at Buckhorn High School. Not that anybody cares about that, but uh, he, he's a big, powerful kid. Uh, Tennessee probably got lucky with him having a shoulder injury in high school. He had to miss some time and uh, missed some some big-time travel ball circuits and showcases uh, where pro scouts could have seen him. Uh, but he has a lot of power in his arm behind the plate and, and a lot of power in his bat. And uh, high school catchers who have that don't typically make it to campus. And Tony said yesterday that he, he would feel good putting him in the game to hit. Uh, it's just he has several guys in front of him. So I, I know catcher's kind of been a sore spot just in terms of numbers and depth, but – they have five legit options right now, and they've got two of the best catching prospects in the country coming in next year's class. They'll, they'll be freshmen next year. Dang. Yeah, they're not going to get screwed over by a guy just quitting baseball altogether. No, that, that, that happened, and, and Tony was like, no, that, that's, we're, we're not going to allow that to happen again. Yeah, or we're not going to pull a guy, even though Evan Russell did do a great job, friend of the pod, 
but we're not going to pull a guy out of the outfield to play catcher <laughs> the entire year either. <laughs> no, and, and they've had, you know, Jared Dickey almost made that transition as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the it, it just beat up his body, I think, a little more than he would have liked it to beat his body up. And I, I, I don't I, – I feel like it reached the point to where people did not want to see Jared Dickey at catcher, but he would have been perfectly fine back there. Uh, he he yeah. was more than capable defensively. We obviously Don't. know what his bat does, but uh, Jared Dickey's a dog and yeah. uh, has the nickname that he has for a reason. And uh, he, he would have been more than serviceable, serviceable behind the plate. Uh, but it, it is nice to have guys that are bona fide catchers back there. You, you know that that's their spot. That's that's what they're working on every day. And, and Tennessee has multiple of those guys and, and plenty more on the way. So he talked about the, you know, some of the guys, you know, the the big name guys. Um, even though we haven't really discussed the two leading returners and Christian Moore and Blake Burke, but you've got to see these last couple of scrimmages before the season gets here. You know, what have you seen in those scrimmages um, from guys maybe that people aren't too aware of yet? From those particular guys or the offense as a whole? Um, let's go offense as a whole. Okay. They can hit. Uh, now, now AJ Russell made them look silly last week. I was there on Friday. I was not there on Saturday and Sunday. I, I went to College Station for that horrendous basketball game. Uh, so I, I did miss Saturday and Sunday. But uh, I have seen plenty of fall baseball and preseason baseball. I'm I'm ready for real baseball, and uh, very thankful that we have real games to discuss now moving forward. Uh, but it, it, it's an offense that that is deep from top to bottom, assuming it, it all clicks. They, they they do have several guys that they're relying on uh, that, that are in new roles. I think of Kavar's tears. I mean, he, he's a guy that can be an all SEC type of player, but he's got to go prove it. Dylan Dryling falls in that same category. Uh, Cannon Peebles, I, I think he's going to hit perfectly fine, but this will be his first season being an everyday guy uh he was a freshman last year i don't i don't even think he got to 100 at bats uh whereas this year he will certainly surpass 100 at bats unless he gets hurt Uh, so you you do have some guys that need to go prove it but they have all the tools in the world and uh they they do have guys who have proven it that are in the middle of the lineup and and will be able to take some pressure off of them uh simos blake burke billy amick i mean those guys are all geared up for a big season uh, unless something really shocking happens, which I don't anticipate. Uh, Blake Burke had a little bit of a slump there in SEC play, but uh, everybody over in that in that program feel confident that that Blake is uh, learned from that last year, and you know he he was carrying a lot last year. A new role, kind of like what I'm talking about with some of those younger guys. Uh, he he went from being one of the guys off the bench and, and getting at bats here and there on that 2022 team. And he did great in those at bats and mm-hmm. really impressed and, and got everybody excited. And he had a nice season last year, uh, but he kind of got away from, from being himself. And Tony Vitello talked about it publicly. Blake talked about it himself publicly. And then Blake coming back this year has talked about what he, the steps that he took over the off season to make sure that that doesn't happen again. And, and it's just all about being confident, trusting his swing, Trusting what he's worked on, and and, I, and he slimmed down as well. I mean, there, there's been a couple of times when, when I sit up in the crow's nest watching him play, and I, and I'm looking down on the field, and I'm like, who is that at bat? Who who is batting right now? And, and it's Blake Burke. He slimmed down quite a bit, and, and he looks he looks really really good. So uh, I think a lot of those guys are really due for a a big big season this year. 
and, and it just has a lot of depth. And I, 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 we could talk for hours about how many options they have. I mean, there, there's going to be a million lineup combinations. Sure. Uh, Robin Villeneuve. It looks like it's uh, Villanueva. Villanueva. <laughs> Villanueva. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, see, I've already made the transition into my head where I can't even remember how to. I was saying it at first, but it's it's Villeneuve, uh, not Villanueva. Villanueva. And uh, he, he's got a lot of pop in the bat. I think that's going to be one that, that it's hard to to keep out of the lineup. Bargo can really swing it, has a lot of pop in the bat. Uh, Reese Chapman, he, he's still sitting out there in the outfield waiting on his opportunity and, and has a ton he's, of – He's he's had some uh, time in the college weight room too, I've seen. Yes. he, he He's not little. He's a big boy. And, uh, <laughs> he, he's somebody that's impressed as well since being on campus. I remember uh, not this past fall that we just got done with, but the previous fall – uh, Tony talked about how he was setting new records, like on the exit velo, hitting him off the scoreboard, like the moment he stepped foot on campus. So uh, for him, it's just going to be about taking advantage of his opportunities and not ideal that you have Dylan Dryling and Kavar's tears in front of you. Uh, yeah. But uh, I mean, we talked about Cannon Peebles, Dalton Bargo, uh, Dean Curley, and then Ariel Antigua. They're, they're a little banged up right now. Antigua was dealing with the hand thing and, and he's going to miss a couple of weeks. Uh, Curly could play if they absolutely wanted him to. Uh, th- those two are probably my favorite freshmen, especially Dean Curley, in terms of my favorite freshmen to watch play. Uh, they're, they're just real smooth, and they're they're just different. You, you can tell why they were ranked top 150 uh, by perfect game. Uh, they, they're, they just they're, – they're different. You can tell that they, they tick a little bit different than, than most freshmen, so – uh, I, I'm sure that they'll be able to impact as well. I, I thought both were at one point or another were going to be the opening day shortstop. I thought Ariel, before he hurt his hand, was going to be the opening day shortstop or, or thought he was the front runner. Uh, and then when Ariel went down, I thought Dean Curley was going to get the start on opening day, but then he was dealing with a hamstring injury. Uh, and then there's even Alex Perry, who was like one of the top Juco guys in the country at, at Pearl River, picks Tennessee over Ole Miss and Mississippi State after Ole Miss and Mississippi State win back-to-back natties. Uh, and, and he can really, really swing it. Uh, but he, he's – man, that hamstring's really been bothering him. So he hasn't really been able to get into a flow in the fall or here in the spring. Uh, but they, they just have so many options on down the list. And, uh, I mean, I'd say 12 to 15 guys that, that you could reasonably put in a game and expect legitimate results. I didn't even talk about Hunter Inslee, who hit a homer off of Paul Skeens in game one of the College World Series last year. Uh, just mm-hmm. steady Eddie out there in, in center field. Uh, so they're they're gonna that that lineup's gonna be tough to deal with. It, it's got a lot of depth. Yeah, and I think with that depth, you just see like a lot of guys just find their own. Like Hunter Inslee last year, like wasn't I don't think he was the opening day starter in center field. Um, but eventually, was, like, if I remember correctly. Okay, yeah, that's right, that's right. And then he just he finally like it it clicked and it worked. Um, so yeah, I think you're gonna see a number of combinations with this lineup and see what what works when you know i guess the the bullets fly no that i'm as i mentioned a moment ago there, there's going to be a million different lineup combinations uh not only before sec play but i, I think we'll see tony and, and the staff really tinkering with this lineup well into sec play just because they have so many guys and, and so many options and uh I, i'm interested to see how some players handle that because they, they are going to have guys breathing down their neck. I mean, I, I, mm-hmm. I kind of mentioned the one that stands out to me 
is the outfield with Dylan Dryling and Kavar's tears. Uh, everybody's expecting big seasons from them both. And I think that they will have big seasons. But again, Reese Chapman's right behind them. And uh, Robin Villeneuve, I mean, he's more of a first baseman, DH option. But he's been working in left field of late because I think Tony is is trying to make sure that that he's crossing all of his T's and, and dotting all of his I's to to, to take advantage of, of every possible lineup combination and, and wanting to get Robin in the lineup. And, and another way you can do that is by sticking him out in left field. So uh, I'm curious to see how how the youngsters who haven't really proven themselves just yet handle the competition. Uh, I, I think it's been good competition throughout the fall and, and leading into the season, but uh, they have so many options. And, and like this weekend and, and the next couple of weekends, it's going to be a different lineup every single day. Uh, and, and not just different guys batting in, in different spots, but uh, or the the regulars batting in different spots, but multiple DHs, mo- multiple outfielders playing. Uh, I, I feel like uh, multiple middle infielders. I didn't talk about Bracky Lowry earlier, uh, another JUCO guy uh, who, who's got some. I, I like I like his stuff at the plate, and, and he's got a lot of speed from from what I've seen, and he's a gritty player. That, that's how I've heard him described. Uh, he'll he'll probably be at second base tomorrow night if I had to guess. Um, but I mean, even those guys are going to get pushed when Ariel and Dean and Alex Perry are, are fully 100 percent back and, and ready to go. Uh, so there, there will be a million lineup combinations uh, over these next several months. And, and typically you aim for that beginning of SEC play. But I wouldn't be surprised if we, we see <laughs> different lineup shakeups even past the, the beginning of SEC play, just because there are so many options. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's felt like a, it's been a, a tool that Vitello has been able to use a lot, especially the last two years um, where it's almost been, there's no shortage of things they can do to fix whatever's happened the past game, past week, whatever. Um, so, I, I mean, yeah, there, there's so many options that seem like they could be very, very much quality options rolling out there. Um, you've probably mentioned this person's name. Who's the person though, that's not getting talked about enough that, is going to make an impact this season. Ooh, that, that's a that's a great question. The the one that I've kind of been thinking about in that realm of late has been Cannon Peebles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said a moment ago, everybody's talking about Billy Amick a ton, and rightfully so. Billy's going to be great. Billy's going to hit in the three hole and play third base every day. Uh, but Cannon Peebles, that that bat again is going to be really really difficult for Tony to keep him out of the lineup. I would I I would have a hard time just sitting in the stands and, and thinking why in the world is Cannon Peebles not in there? I mean he he mm-hmm. tore the absolute cover off of the ball uh, in, in the fall and uh, last Friday when I was there hit a pair of homers that were both over 400 feet hit one the deep right center which I believe was off of Drew Beam I think he got Drew Beam twice in, in that scrimmage I know the first one was off a of Beam uh, it, it went well over 400 to the left of the scoreboard and, and right center. Uh, and then the second one was an absolute laser off off the top of the batter's eye, and, and that one may have been off a of beam as as well. But don't don't take me at a hundred percent word for that. Um, Connor Pavoloni is saying the ball may fly better under these renovations. He thinks that there might be a shift in wind with the new concrete going in. Do you do you agree as of as of right now? Man, you are asking me questions I do not know the answers to. That, you seen any wind shifts down there? <laughs> I, I am not smart enough to, to answer that question. I, I yeah, I, I I'm gonna land it. I lift my fingers, get up in the air, and all right, wind's blowing that way today. Good. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, that that's a pro ball player right there who, <laughs> who hears professionals, players, they coach to talk about that on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess that that would make sense. Uh, again, he, he would certainly know better uh, than I. So I'll take his word for it. But the ball was flying out last Friday. That, that part doesn't need up. any more help, though. That's the thing. No, <laughs> not, no because it, it was flying out like it was December or like it was May or June, like the, the temperature mm-hmm. was up. But I, I think Peebles is, is one that I don't think people are talking about enough just because I, I think okay. he's a guy that's capable of of being on an all-SEC first team, not just the second team, but a first team. Uh, in terms of maybe a, a less obvious guy, I, I'm obsessed with Kavar's tears, and I'm not too mm-hmm. too ashamed to admit that. I, I think the kid is just special in, in a lot of ways. Uh, he's got to go prove it. I've talked about that a little bit, but if it clicks for him, I mean, that, that's another guy that he might be in the SEC player of the year race when it's all said and done. I mean, he has that level of potential in my mind and uh, a guy that can, can really be a high draft pick after this year. If, if it does click, he just has all the tools has just insane power in the bat. Uh, I talked about Blake Burke uh, looking more slim at the plate. Kavar's tears has truly slimmed down and uh, it is still just as powerful. I mean, he is absolutely chiseled. And, and yoked up and uh, the, the ball flies off of his bat. As long as he stays within himself and, and doesn't chase uh, at, at the plate, he'll, he'll be perfectly fine. But uh, I, I think you'll see a big year from him at the plate. And, and he's got an absolute cannon in right field. I'll go ahead and let SEC base runners know now, do not run on Kavar's tears. He, he will throw you out, whether it be a second, at third, or at the plate. Who knows? He, he may even – try to throw behind somebody at first base and, and get them out while they're rounding first. So uh, I, I'm a huge Kavar's Tears fan, and I think most Tennessee baseball fans are aware of him. Um, you have but, to be after that that Vanderbilt home run. You know who he yeah. is. And, and he's already had a couple of moments, but in terms of piecing it together consistently throughout an entire season, uh, yeah. I, he was probably on pace to do that last year until he dealt with a couple of those injuries. Um, but th- those are – the two that come to mind. Uh, it, it's hard not to pick an, an obvious guy offensively uh, just because there, there's so many options. I, honestly, I guess if, if I'm going completely off the radar, it'd be Robin Villeneuve. He, he's okay. I've, I've written about well, him in the me. last couple of weeks, and, and I feel like some attention starting to pick up there uh, because more and more people are starting to talk about him. But he's been somebody that I've I've been hyping up, I guess you could say, you could say since the middle of the fall, end of the fall. He he is impressed with the with the bat uh, since since he stepped foot on campus, and he's another another guy, another transfer. He, he's technically a JUCO signee uh, that stepped stepped foot on campus and like earned the respect of his teammates and coaches mm-hmm. right away. Uh, that that locker room loves Robin Villeneuve, and he's another guy that if he takes advantage of of the opportunities he receives early in the season, he could parlay it into a. I really think a Griffin Merritt type of season. Um, so I, I guess he would be the one that that people don't really know who he is on February 15th. But by the time SEC plays rolls around, people are excited to watch him play. I do, what do, too, we, want, to, I go do want to go ahead and put this out here. Uh, if SEC Network starts showing Blake Burke or, uh, pictures, previous pictures of him and saying, look how much weight he's lost, calling him fat, like they did to uh, Jared Dickey. I think we got to blame you. I think that's on you. <laughs> I'm telling look, you, he, he slimmed I, down, man. I thought Jared Dickey was going to be like 
290, 300 in high school, the way they would talk about him. And then they'd show a picture. I'm like, that, I look better than that right now. I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> I, Jared, Jared lost a good amount of weight. Yeah, he, he was kind of unrecognizable. In those but days. I think he carried it well. They over those broadcasts would over exaggerate and oversell it just a little bit. I want I want to say it was around forty pounds that Jared yeah. lost. I, I don't know if he's listening or, or watching right now. He should be. I know I'm not. I'm not Xander. Or I'm not Pav. Or I'm not himself. I, I'm just a, a regular old internet blogger. But uh, he, he can correct us with, with a simple <clears> test. But I want to say he lost about forty pounds. I mean, he, he did tell us that that's the only reason why he has a girlfriend is because he lost weight. <laughs> I believe it. No, <laughs> I'm kidding, Jared. Probably because he swings the bat well as well. No, it's I'm gotta be that. As well. Yeah, Jared. Jared's awesome. Yeah, mm. great dude. Um, I want to ask about. So we we got. I guess Tony told us that, or told you guys that. Um, AJ Russell's going to start Friday night. Drew Beam's going to be Saturday. Is that just because Saturday has more to it, where you can win the series? Or you can, you know, get it to a rubber match if you lose on Friday night. Is that what it is? Or is it just like, hey, he's pitching well right now. We're just going to roll with it. You know, what do you – what is your conclusion with, with that decision? Both of those answers. Okay. I, I think it's both of those reasons. Um, Tony Vitello, and I, I guess you throw Frank Anderson in there as well. We never talked to Frank, so uh, yeah. I would imagine since they work <laughs> so closely. That shocks me. <laughs> right, I know that shocks you. I would think he's ready for he's available to the media all the time. Open off open door policy. Yeah, with yes. his hoodie on in 24-7. It no hoodie. That that's a a, a big old jacket on top of the hoodie. <laughs> yeah. But I, I would imagine Frank feels the same way if that's the the path that Tony is going down. But you know, it it's he doesn't have the traditional thinking of best pitcher throws game one, second best pitcher throws game two third best pitcher, those game three. Yeah. Uh, he, he truly does think about the benefits of having this guy's strengths on this day or, or that guy's strengths on, on that day. And Tony, taking him at his word when he spoke to the media yesterday, talked about Drew Beam's stability and that he could be pitching for a lot on Saturday. And we'll be pitching for a lot. And, and I know Tennessee's playing three different teams this weekend, <laughs> But in theory, that Saturday, you're going for a series win or you're trying to avoid a series loss. Mm -hmm. And if Drew Beam epitomizes leadership and stability, you would have a lot of comfort in him pitching on the day that's going to determine whether you win or, win or lose a series. And, yes, you want to get off to a great start on the weekend. But to me, that's more important than getting off to a good start. Because even if you get off to a bad start on Friday – you can feasibly come back and win the next day mm -hmm. and even up the series. And uh, who better to turn the baseball over to than Drew Beam in that mm -hmm. situation? So I, I do think that played a role in it. Um, but ultimately, I, I just think – I think A.J. Russell is an absolute stud. Yeah. I would not at all be surprised if he ends up being Tennessee's best pitcher this season. Not at all be surprised. And that's nothing against Drew Beam. That's not a shot at Drew Beam. That tells you what you need to know about A.J. Russell. It, yeah. It's Yes, Tony, I think, likes Beam in that, that game two role because of what we just talked about. But I also think that they like what they're seeing from A.J. Russell as well. And it's, it's more of a reflection of what A.J. Russell has done in the fall 
and leading into the season this spring than something Drew Beam has not done. Drew Drew has not done anything wrong. He's been perfectly fine. He's been himself. It's just AJ Russell is more indicative of what AJ Russell has done than something that Drew Beam has not done. That that's the way I kind of look at it in my mind. And honestly, I don't look at it as Tennessee having a number one starter and a number two starter. I look at it as Tennessee having a one A and a one B. That they have two aces in AJ Russell and Drew Beam. And because Beam has more experience, I think that's why you maybe put him in a, a in a more strategic spot than the age-old adage of, okay, he's theoretically our best pitcher or the guy everybody knows most or our top returning arm. Put him in the Friday Friday night role, that game one role, and whatever after that. I, I think they, they like his stability that he brings in that game two that determines whether you win or lose a game. And I think A.J. Russell is in for an absolutely amazing season, and I would not at all be surprised if – if he proves to be the the SEC, one of the SEC's best, he will be one of the SEC's best. I wouldn't be surprised if he proves to be Tennessee's best pitcher. And again, I, I kind of hate saying that because in, in a way it puts down Drew Beam and I don't at all want to put down Drew Beam because, again, he hasn't done anything wrong. It's more about what A.J. Russell has been. Um, but I, I've been telling people it's more of a 1A, 1B situation than a number one and a number two situation. Yeah, I'm more concerned if – you know, Drew Beam is still going to wear the cream jerseys. I figured I, I was thinking about that. I I, I said, oh, I bet Landon is is very frustrated. That <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I just the need to, yeah, we'll, we'll call it Saturday cream. It's fine. It, it rhymes the same. Maybe they break them out on on Saturday just for you. Yeah, just get, you got to. I'm gonna I'm gonna submit a claim or a suggestion to the suggestion box to Chad Zerker and see what his take is on that. Chad, Chad is is just along for the ride. And, <laughs> he doesn't and, and care. Try not to. I talk about having a young family. He's got a young one too, yeah. and his is younger than mine. So <laughs> Chad is just trying to survive day in and day out because that, that, that guy needs all the help he can get. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I do want to talk about the third starter a little bit. Yeah. We we going Xander, rolling Xander. Let's go. I would I would be surprised if it's not Xander. In the name of Lizzo, it's about damn time. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that'll be a really cool moment if if it is, in fact, Xander. Um, he, he's waited his turn, been the ultimate team guy, continued to develop, and uh, he, he may not have the, the stuff that A.J. Russell has or, or Drew Beam or some of the past guys that, that have come through, uh, but he, he's he's a really quality pitcher, and uh, from my good understanding, change of pace too. From good change uh, of pace, a- absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, maybe if you are going Xander, may- maybe you throw him in the middle of Russell and Beam. But obviously, they're not going that route. Uh, but if you wanted to mix mix match, but um, from my understanding, he's been really efficient, really good the last couple of weeks, and he he's earned it. Uh, it's not necessarily because. That, that's their fallback option. I don't believe that's to be the case. I think it's because Xander has has been really efficient and, and really good the last couple of weeks. And uh, he talked yesterday about adding a cutter to the mix, and that has allowed him to have a true four-pitch mix, and and the cutter plays well off of the fastball. And I believe he said a curveball and changeup uh, as well. So I, I'm excited for Xander. He's a great guy, ultimate team guy. And uh, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing him get his opportunity because it, it is well-deserved. So uh, I, I don't know that it's written in stone, but I would be very surprised if if you don't see Xander pitching against Baylor uh, on Sunday evening. 
Thank you. Yeah. I, I'm fired up. And when he takes the mound, just major league chew, their their profits are gonna go through the roof. Big league chew. Everyone's gonna big league. Sorry, big league chew's just sorry, I messed up. I, I got that deal for him. Messed it up. <laughs> yeah. Profits are going through the roof, though. I can't wait. And he'll be at a big league park, so the supply should oh, be yeah, endless, endless. That's right. Heck yeah, I can't wait for that. I we're we're paying up for a, for a Xander Seacrest game. I'm telling you that right now. We just gave you writing material, Ben. Like, there you <laughs> go. That's that's your new story. That that is that, <laughs> true. Y'all y'all do my my job better than I do my job. <laughs> I don't know about that. I could yeah, that's I could not do, I could not do that. Um, my wife could probably like I would give the idea and she would write it and make it pretty. That's what would happen. I was Carson in her mind, my yeah. writing, and she yeah. can prove it for me. Don't don't tell Carson Newman that, but that's what happened. <laughs> I need all the help I can get. Anybody who wants to chip in, I would love <laughs> your contributions. And, and I, I don't know how I'm going to pay you, but we we can find a way. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Yeah. This, this may <laughs> this, I, you don't have to tell us yes or no to this answer because you know journalistic integrity, all that stuff. You can wink or nod or whatever you need to do. Chat GPT has it increased your productivity? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> technology is awesome. <laughs> um, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you should release like a bunch of Chat GPT articles and just to see if anyone can tell it apart from you. No, like, I haven't. I haven't used. Uh, any of those, I promise. Um, I, I have not, uh, maybe I need to probably, probably would be better than mine. I, I've seen some disasters in, in terms yeah. of what they put out the, the AI. I'm assuming that's what you're referring to. Um, yeah, that's the only platform I'm familiar with. And they, I don't, it's been, See, that, that just goes to prove that like, I, I, I don't use it. It's because I, <laughs> I didn't even know that was the platform that that can be. That one's used. free. I don't know what the paid ones are. I don't. You just said you don't have any money though, so never mind. All right. Yeah, that's, yeah that's you're right. Point. You're right. Um, but a great job denying it. That, that yeah. <laughs> possible denial. I, I didn't make it obvious or anything, but maybe I need to start using it because <laughs> it can't be worse than what I'm putting out. <laughs> no, um, don't, don't do that. Let, let's talk about the the bullpen. A little unproven. Um, Kirby, Aaron Combs. Other than that, not a lot of returners there, um, but still some talent. So what have you seen from those guys? Still trying to find their way. Uh, very curious to see how the bullpen performs this weekend. They, they have several options, and, and it could eventually develop into a, a really nice bullpen. Uh, but you, you have guys transferring in. You have guys in new roles. Uh, so I would imagine that, that that's going to require a grace period uh, a transition period, whatever you want to call it. I, I think that maybe there will be, there will need to be some patience at, at times. And uh, I don't think it's bad or anything like that. I, I don't want to make a mountain out of a molehill, but uh, it, it's just, it's going to look different, quite frankly. And uh, th there's not that one guy that you can point to and say, he's the guy going into the season that when the game's on the line at the end, whether it be the seventh, eighth, ninth inning, they can come in and get outs. There's not an obvious answer. There's a lot of guys that are capable of being that answer when, when push comes to shove, but there, there's not that Camden Sewell, Sean Hunley, Redmond Walsh, uh, Chase Burns at the end of last season. There's not that that one guy that, that you know for a fact that, that you can count on when it matters most. 
Uh, I, I think Aaron Combs, I think he is a guy that could be that guy, but uh, he, he's got to go prove it. I also would imagine he, he maybe gets off to a little bit of a slow start. He missed some time in the preseason with some arm soreness uh, and, and is just kind of getting back into the flow of things. And he's been pitching, so I, I would expect him to be available, uh, but don't know how much some of that missed time will affect him in, in terms of once they get into the season. Uh, Nate Sneed and A.J. Causey are the two transfer additions, two of the three transfer additions. Chris Stamos is another one that I should have mentioned. Uh, but Nate Sneed from Wichita State, big power arm uh, out of the bullpen. And and he he got rocked a little bit when I saw him last Friday. But he has been really good since coming back from Christmas break, from my understanding. And, and he's somebody that that's going to get plenty of opportunities and uh, I would not at all be surprised if he's the first guy out of the bullpen tomorrow night after uh, A.J. Russell. Also wouldn't be surprised if it's A.J. Causey, uh, the transfer from Jacksonville State. Uh, he's low 90s, whereas Snead was sitting 99 to 101 a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so difference in velocity there. But A.J. Causey's velocity plays up because he's a low slot guy, low submarine slot guy. And uh, he sits 92, 93, I believe. But coming from that low angle – it plays up. It gets on you fast as a hitter, and it's real difficult to deal with. Uh, those are two guys that that are going to get opportunities to, to be some of the most trusted arms out of the bullpen. Uh, Chris Thomas is another guy that I mentioned from Cal, lefty, uh, and, and has a very playful personality like Xander and Kirby. It, it's been the Kirby Connell and, and the Xander Seacrest show these last couple of years. Now it's going to be the Chris Thomas, Xander Seacrest, and Kirby Connell show is it's a trio mm -hmm. now rather than just a duo. And and he's he's somebody that everybody loves in, in the locker room as well that's come in in addition to Robin Villeneuve and and a lefty, as I mentioned, and, and a guy that's that's pitched at this level and and should receive plenty of opportunities in Knoxville as well. So uh they need somebody to step up. I don't think I'm remember or forgetting anybody off the top of my head. You still got Kirby, like you mentioned, Landon. Uh, but other than that, I mean, there, there's some youngsters that, that are probably going to have to step up and, and help provide some depth as well. Any uh, Sloop or Schaefer? Uh, Hunter Sloop, I I wouldn't expect to see him in Texas this weekend. I, I, I don't know that you're going to see much of him, if at all, this season. Um, Schaefer, Absolutely. That, that kid is an absolute stud. Derek Schaefer, uh, upper velocities guy, somebody who is in contention to, to be the third starter. Uh, and he's going to get opportunities as a freshman, uh, an opportunity to, to carve out a role. Probably, I, I, don't, I don't even know what it's going to look like this weekend. Uh, if, if he was in contention to be the the third guy in, in the rotation, then, then I would think that he gets a, an opportunity, one of the first cracks out of the bullpen, uh, at least gets an inning this weekend at minimum, if the weekend allows it. Uh, he, he's one of the freshmen. I talked about Ariel Antigua and Dean Curley on the position player side, of two of my more favorite uh, position players to watch as freshmen. Uh, Schaefer's been that freshman for me on the mound, uh, in addition to Dylan Loy and Matthew Dallas. Uh, Schaefer pitched really well in the fall. Loy and Dallas have been really good the last couple of weeks. Um, but I, I can absolutely see Schaefer having an impact, having a role on the rotation. And he has a very, very bright future. He's somebody that Tennessee had to sweat out the draft a little bit with. Um, big kid. He reminds me of Blake Tidwell, just a, a nice physical kid, physical frame. 
upper 90s velocity velocity has some second quality secondary pitches as well so uh, he, he's somebody that they're excited about as well awesome i um, love it yeah i mean i i'm excited to see it feels like a a lot of new faces especially in the bullpen like it's all just a little a scary a little scary but yeah when, when do you think blake burke breaks the tennessee all-time home run record probably sunday evening I don't know how many games they play this month. Let's see. They got three, six, eight, ten, twelve by February 2nd or March 2nd. Okay. I'll say. So before SEC play. Oh, absolutely. He's only <laughs> needs 10. Yeah. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. He's having 10 before SEC play. Uh, yeah. I mean, he might get 10 against Albany. Right. That first weekend. Uh, that it's not weekend. Iona. Albany it's and, and Bowling Green back-to-back. You got High Point coming to town and UNC Asheville. I'll say he does it by the end of the Bowling Green series on March 3rd. Okay. Ten, I, I, am I being a little too ambitious there? I mean, that's 10 home runs in – I'm trying to think. He had like 10 before he played last year. Yeah, I'm just thinking about like at bats. He had like – what do you have – did he have 13 home runs his freshman year? Yes, that sounds right. And it was oh, – it wasn't very many at-bats no. either. So, I'm thinking how many at-bats could he have in that point? Can he get 10? I'm thinking yes. I, I'll say 1,000% by SEC play, 1,000%. But I'll I'll be a little ambitious and say by March 3rd, by, by the time that Bowling Green series ends. But Christian Moore also like will probably break the record at some point too. Yes, I, I think uh, he won't pass Blake probably, but he I think will. Blake's ten away and Simo is twelve away. Gotcha. I okay. think so. It is close uh, to my it, it's it's very much a, another Luke Lipsius and Evan Russell situation. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Last last one that hits it gets it. <laughs> yes, last one that hits gets it. <laughs> I like that. Well, Ben, this has been awesome. I only have one more question. Um, what's your thoughts on the Yankees this season? And what do you think about Arthur Smith replacing Matt Canada for the Steelers? Excited about Arthur Smith, believe it or not. Uh, okay. he, he was good as an offensive coordinator. Yeah. yeah. With the Titans. And that's what he's going to be with the Steelers. He's not going to be a head coach. And uh, I think a lot of the things that he ran with, with the Titans, that pro style emphasis on running the football, uh, I, I think he's – I think it'll be really good for Jalen Warren and and Najee as well. Uh, they they still got to figure out the quarterback position. I'm I'm more worried about that than than Arthur Smith, but I like it. Uh, I, I think a lot of what the Titans did when when he was there, the Steelers try to do now, uh, run first team despite having some big time weapons on the perimeter. Uh, so I, I'm excited about that. I, it, it look I had Matt Canada. Okay, I had Matt Canada. <laughs> it, it's literally like going from Jeremy Pruitt to anybody. Anybody's an upgrade from Derek <laughs> Tooley, from Bush Jones, from Jeremy Pruitt. I mean, Matt Canada was the NFL OC version of those guys as college head coaches. Mm-hmm. So uh, not not saying much there. I, I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, again, I'm more concerned with the quarterback position than than him. My Yankees, we'll see if they can stay healthy. That, that, that That's that's the question with them every year. And you've already got some guys who are dealing with injuries. Starting catcher Jose Trevino, mm-hmm. another – Pitcher coming off of Tommy John already has to have back surgery. And it's like the injuries have already started, and I don't even think they've had their first official practice yet. So um, 
I'm excited about Juan Soto. That'll be really fun. My luck, he'll roll his ankle second game and have to miss like the next three months. Uh, but it, or he'll it, just be horrible. Yeah, or he'll just be horrible. Nothing. It won't go my way. I, yeah. I know that. But in all seriousness, kind of like with with this Tennessee team, I think this Tennessee baseball team, it'll come down to as far as the pitching staff can take them and and not letting down the offense, I think there may be a similar vibe with my Yankees. They, they need Nestor Cortez and Carlos Rodon to, to have bounce back seasons. And, and if that happens with uh, Garrett Cole and, and the rest of that pitching staff, then that, that could be really nasty. So we'll see. I, I don't have my hopes up. I've, I wouldn't be surprised if they win the world series. I wouldn't be surprised if they miss the playoffs. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, that's ever. That, that's a million dollar question. Like going into every season with the Yankees, like I mean, they have a great roster, but who knows if it works? The that's Texas Rangers like, just just won the World Series. Like, what is going on? I guess that's like a complaint. I think I would love to have the option on the table for my team to win a championship every year. Who's your team? Baseball? Not really have one. I don't all in the MLB, Tennessee but, Volunteers. Yeah, yeah. but I do. I do. Uh, Growing up with the Smokies, Cubs a little bit, but I don't okay. care enough to really yeah, we'll, care. We'll inherit a double A team yeah. when they move to Knoxville. Ryan Shumpert will appreciate that. Shumpert's a big uh, we've yeah. we've talked about the Cubbies. Yeah. Yeah. I would hey, like I to asked, go to, to opening day Mike, Wrigley one time. This how come mm-hmm. Ryan Shumpert never gets to sit with y'all at the basketball games? Uh that that's because Mike Wilson is a rat. <laughs> <laughs> and uh make sure that Ryan Shumpert's life is Living he double hockey sticks. <laughs> I have never contributed. I, I, want this to be on the I, I have never, ever made life difficult on Ryan Shumpert. In fact, I make life easier on Ryan Shumpert. I never pick on him. I, I never set him up for failure. Never do those things. Now, Mike Wilson, on the other hand, he's an absolute rat. <laughs> he's part of the fake news media. He's a rat. And he goes out of his way to make sure that Ryan Shumpert is not successful. He, he is he is Peyton Manning. Mike is telling Shump, no, Rick Rick Barnes is talking at 1230 today when Rick spoke at 1130. I mean, he, he is he he sets him up for failure. And uh, he, he went out of his way to make sure Shumpert was sitting on that second row uh, behind Wes Rucker's big old head. <laughs> I was like, man, that's brutal. It's like the entire lineup. And then Shumpert was just right behind you. <laughs> My, Mike yeah. Wilson used Chad GPT for his articles for sure. Oh, one thousand <laughs> percent. Mike's never written a, a factual article on his own. He probably <laughs> looks at mine and Shumpert's article to, to come up with ideas on what the write on is. Gotcha. He's gonna start putting okay. mine in front of him now at a game so he can just whatever's getting written. It's, it's well, I have to do that old school trick of like when we're sitting next to each other. I've put my hand up like in front of my computer so he doesn't see what I'm typing. You need the vanilla folders like you did, like in, in we do. To I take an ACT or something. Yeah. I mean, this guy tries to copy my lead time and time again. <laughs> time and time again. This is getting out of hand. I didn't. I didn't know. I thought Mike Wilson was a better the guy. Cat is that out of the my stance. Yeah, terrible guy. He, he's not even look. He's not even from America. Okay, he's a Kiwi. All right. I didn't know oh. that. Yeah, he is a Kiwi. He. I mean, okay. I don't know if he's legal. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm all kidding. right. All right. Uh, yeah, Mike and th- this is a, a 
peek behind the curtains of what we do on a daily basis. I love it. I think I we have some do. beef with Mike. I, I got some real beef with Mike. This summer, there was a someone tweeted out a picture of uh, probably in the seventies picture of the the um, journalists covering Tennessee football. They're all wearing suits, top hats. They looked like well dressed men. Far from what we see today. No offense. I'm sorry that you're grouped in with them. You look great. It's the others. They're just <laughs> lousy. I don't know I what, what we're doing. I challenge you all, since you all do the, the Christmas sweater game. I'm not doing this, Caleb. We need a full suit game. We need no. we need a full suit game. <laughs> no. Just one. Rick Barnes would love it. Rick Barnes would eat it up. Absolutely not. He would probably <laughs> not even host like the, the, the conference after the press conference after the game. He'd be like, no, I'm not. I'm oh, not he not would, and he would, he would, he would just. I'll tell you he this: would rail you. He'd make fun of you all so much. Oh, None he absolutely would. He absolutely would. He, he makes fun of us like crazy now, anyways. But <laughs> I'll tell you this: if this Tennessee basketball team wins the Elite Eight game, if it makes it that far, I will wear a suit to the Final Four. Okay, I like all it. Right, there we go. And right. give Dalton Connect the tie after he wins the national championship. <laughs> give him your tie. Dawn Ooh, is no, nice we enough. cut it. We cut we cut the tie after. Okay. I'm I'm with that. I, I'm not agreeing to this deal with baseball okay. because it is hot as all get out in Omaha that time yeah, of year. No, I wouldn't do that. Not doing it for baseball, sorry. but if, I won't make you. If, if Tennessee wins its Elite Eight game, I'll wear a suit to the Final Four and the national championship game. And, I, and I will the, give Dalton Connect my tie afterwards because he's nice enough to where he would appreciate it. And he would probably wear it on draft night after that. <laughs> I think the final four is is it Houston this year? Detroit. Detroit, okay. I was about to say oh. maybe maybe hot in April and <laughs> yeah, in do not wear the suit in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> All right. I do think we have a great idea from this. I would love to do like a vlog, like a day in the life of a Tennessee media member <laughs> and just follow you around for a day. That would be awesome. <laughs> you think that it would be awesome. <laughs> it, would be, it would not be awesome. Mike, you cannot steal this idea. We're doing it. No. I mean, there, there's some days that, that are pretty cool, but phew, th- this time of year especially, it, it's one thing after the next. I, I, I want the, like, y'all are we're, kind we're of actually like going to pick a day in like August. August? No. Yeah, you just, you just sit it, you know, you're like trying to find something. You're like, all right, let's talk about football camp a little bit. And you just got to. You, you got to figure out what to write. Mike's called you eight times and you keep ignoring it because he's like, what do I write today? I don't even know. Mike, Mike doesn't exist during football season. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> All right, Ben. Well, this has been awesome. I uh, really appreciate it. Hey, congrats to you, by the way. Growing family. Yeah. Your wife is due soon, house. next month, right? A month from next Thursday, March okay. 27th. Heck yeah. So you fired up? You ready? I think I'm ready. I, I mean, you already have like one's the hardest, right? I think I think, <laughs> well, I think two might be the hardest because it doubles. Well, three, yeah, but like three you're, is probably you, the easiest. You've already done the first one. Like the first one is like that that's true. I you have more, experience now. Yes, yeah, so I'm more prepared going in. Yeah. It's your but, second uh, recruiting class. That's right. But <laughs> I will have two boys under two. Okay. And then so on and, and so forth. My The one that is currently not living in his mother's stomach uh, turns two in July. So um, okay. from here on out, I'll have two under 
two and two under three and so on and, and so forth. So the next couple of years of my life is, is going to be pretty crazy. But I, I'm excited. It, it's a huge blessing and super excited about it. And both are committed to Tennessee already in whatever. Already secured commitments from, from Tony Vitello and, and Josh Elander. No question. Gotcha. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. Well, thanks, Ben. Hey, let everybody know where they can find your stuff and uh, look forward to you this weekend in Arlington. Absolutely. I appreciate y'all having me on and, and allowing me to ramble for, for over an hour on here. My, my fellow bald brethren, who I was going to mention, <laughs> uh, Mike is also a fellow bald brethren. That's right. Got the dome rocking, baby. Gotta, and it's been a, been a few days. Yeah, oh, I know. I got mine cut today and it still don't look good. No, I'm kidding, but, or maybe I'm not. I don't know. Uh, but no, I appreciate y'all letting me hop on here and, and ramble with y'all. Appreciate what y'all do and uh, really enjoy what y'all do as well. So uh, the good folks can find me at on on X, I guess it's called now, at Ben McKee 14 and uh, all of my work at at GoVols247.com. Awesome. Thank yeah. you, Ben. Appreciate and, you, brother. Yeah, anytime Wes doesn't let you talk on the podcast, just call us and, and you can come on here and, and get it out. Yeah. Well, any, anybody who keeps up with my work or, or listens to me knows I like to talk. So when you get <laughs> Wes and I together, good luck to anybody else trying to get a word in. I, I don't know if it's happening. Yeah. And then if you get like me, Ryan Callahan, and Wes Rucker on a podcast, it's, oh. it's over with at that point. And Will Heflin. Uh, Will Heflin, yep. And Will Heflin, shout out to Will. Been doing the baseball podcast <laughs> with us. He, he gives great insight. So uh, it, it's fun. It's a fun time of year. Basketball's got a basketball and baseball have a chance to go win a national championship. And and then when that's all said and done, it, it'll be Nico time in, in Tennessee. So appreciate y'all having me on and appreciate what y'all do. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you, man. Have a good night. Yeah, y'all too. That was Ben McKee, friend of the pod now. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, do we even have a count? Do we have a count on him? We, need to start we, getting probably, we just probably need to yeah, keep a tally times. of all the guests we've had on. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, that was probably one of our longest interviews, but, you know, great interview. We haven't done, like, a real baseball preview yet, so wanted to do that. And um, um, that, That's a little disrespectful to Connor Pavoloni. Connor, oh, I don't know if you heard right, that. Right, I don't right, know if you I heard forgot, that. Forgot, and I know forgot, we didn't really that. dig in, but it was Connor Pavoloni. Yeah, yeah, but we didn't, like, <laughs> break down this team a whole lot. We, did. we just kind of, like, chatted, you know, we, guys being dudes kind of thing. You heard a lot of names that night. You, you got we some did. insight. We you did. got yeah, some. We did. we did. Yeah, that was my fault. I forgot. Short, <laughs> short memory. I'm getting older. I am 29 now, so getting older, losing my memory. Um, I know you old, old fart. No, no. Can't imagine what it's like to be 29. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got two more months. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. All right, let's get into. We had some questions. Yeah, a lot of. Yeah, a lot of people wanted to talk about um, or ask Ben some questions. He kind of answered all he of answered, them. Yeah, he yeah. hit on most of them. So um, I will say, I don't know if you saw a ride as Ben came on. Uh, the Lady Vols were tied with South Carolina in the fourth. They ended up losing by, I think it was nine was the final. They lost by 11. So that was 11. Okay. Yeah. Almost. Had him on the ropes. Had him in the corner. And I was then thinking they like, out. oh, man, Kelly Harper is about to keep her job for another year. Mm. She'll always she'll always be the coach in my mind. <laughs> All right. Um any stupidities. I thought you said, oh, I, we didn't have any other questions. I'm sorry. I thought you said there were some. Um no, no there's just some like people wanted to ask Ben. Um, but yeah, kind of hit on everything. So we're good. We did. Um, and then we also we didn't mention the orange and white game before we had been on because you know we tangented it and everything else. Um 
you know, I hate it for all you poor's out there. I'll be one of the 10,000. Um, cause I'm, I donate that much money to the university. So I hate it. If the rest of y'all, um, wish y'all could get in, but I'm a, I'm a valued member of the Tennessee fund. Uh, my seats in section L have pretty much built that stadium. Um, <laughs> so hate it for the rest of you guys. Um, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll live stream it, you know, Facebook live it or whatever. Uh, okay. you can watch yeah, it there. Yeah. Um, the rest of you all that are too poor, I'm sorry. I hate that for you. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of tweeted about it, like, whatever. I I'm know just glad it, they're doing one in Neyland where we can watch yeah. it. Yeah, it's it's something. You know, a little preview, I understand. People, like, it, it used to be free. You know, nothing nowadays is free <laughs> anymore. Um and, you know, they're trying to build a stadium, you know, compete with NIL, you know, the whole – everything requires money. Um, and so $10, yeah, it it isn't a whole lot. I hope everybody has the opportunity to get tickets or at least go or have an opportunity to watch it. Um, it should be a great day on campus because Tennessee does play LSU that night um, in Lindsey Nelson. So right after that game's – I think the orange and white game's at 1.00. I think the LSU game is at five, so could be a really great um, atmosphere on campus that day, and and should be fun. But I understand like the and, and a, game of, is absolutely nothing. Of note, I I was joking. I am one of you poor's. Um, I will not have the option to buy a ticket because it's it goes to the fun priority first. Uh, I'm not in that at all. But Danny, um, that is my birthday. April 13th. That is my birthday. Um, so maybe give me and like, I don't know, 10 of my closest friends a suite. Okay. <laughs> they can't all be being used. They can't all yeah. be being used. We'll I've pay not asked $11 for, each. <laughs> I've not asked Danny for anything personally. Everything I've done has been for the people so far. I'm okay. asking for one thing for myself. Okay. One thing. And I'll Facebook Live the game for everybody. So they can feel like they're in the suite with me. So it'll really yeah. be like a couple thousand of my closest friends. Danny, that's actually what the people want. They want me to have a suite at this game where we can get, you know, we, we can get a little going before we head over to Lindsey Nelson and get rowdy with the boys in right field because we're mm -hmm. making our own stands. Yeah. Um, the thing is, it is going to be televised. So if you're not able to get tickets, which I don't know what that's going to be like, are all the donors just going to buy that up? This just feels dumb to me because this is the one opportunity where people that can't afford season tickets or, or tickets to a regular game are able to at least get inside Neyland Stadium. Um, I really don't know what it'll look like. I don't know how many people have opportunities because yeah. a lot of those people probably don't care about the game anyways, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be really cool to see Nico, but as we saw last year, like who really plays in those games, like it's – it's not even really a scrimmage because they don't – half of them don't even play. Um, you know, I, I just think it's something that you kind of – They should just do it like – they should do it like the – we moved away from the all-pro game. They should just do that. They should do dodgeball and, you know, a seven-on-seven -seven game and a golf challenge and a free throw. I don't know. Like do the stupid stuff they do. Yeah, I, I guess, like, do the stupid stuff and then, like, have a – table set up and let people go through and sign autographs like they used to do. I mean, that's yeah. shout out. That's the one thing NIL is ruined, which I think you could easily get around that, but that's the one thing that 
the universities will say NIL ruined. I don't think it should. Right. But NFL I mean, teams it, still have they still have a responsibility to do team related things like signing autographs. So and, like, and if they don't want to do it, that's fine. But like if they pay ten dollars, it's gonna go to that fund, what whatever that goes to. Do that at least. If you're not gonna have those, if you're not gonna have Nico throw a single pass that it's for the kids. Yeah, just let the kids go through the line and, and get some some autographs, whatever. Do something about it. Just and it's know. not hard. Just make it one per person. Yeah, I think you make that a huge day, though. I really do. As, as Tennessee baseball should be good, LSU is going to be good. It, it should be a great day to be on campus. You know, hopefully the weather's good. But yeah, just make a whole day out of it. Hey, we also haven't talked about the NCAA um, really kind of shooting themselves in the foot in Greenville, Tennessee this week. East Tennessee mm-hmm. NCAA is not thriving right now. Yeah, I hate to see it. The, I mean, we don't know any information yet, but the one thing that seemed to really get them is the judge asked. Um, I should have noted this, but I just thought of it. Um, I'm trying to remember the framing of the exact question, but essentially asked, "How could uh, how could a, a pro, potential student athlete, prospective student athlete, know their worth without talking about their worth?" kind of stumbled through that one. They didn't really know how to hit on that. And you hate yeah. to see it. And, and some people brought up some good points. They, uh, I mean, why would the NCAA enter a TV deal without seeing any, without talking to any networks, without seeing any figures? No. Yeah. Also, um, not being able to answer a question about the rules that you made is is pretty well they bad. don't enforce the rules they've made either uh buzz williams knows that yeah yeah i mean if you can't interpret the rules that you make why are you interpreting that rule yeah i'll also say real quick atlanta can attest to this anyone who's been listening to this podcast since probably about 2020 2021 i have been get buzz williams off the court for that long he's been on the court for that long. I've been saying he plays great defense for AM for that long. Uh, I will say this is the first time I've seen him at half court. It is it's the first time he's fully stepped on the court, but you get they you give him an inch, they take a mile landing. Yeah. And right. I mean, you I, there's that video of me calling that's that's where we first got little boy of the week was Buzz Williams being on the court because he's dressed like a freaking ring bear. Yeah. It's unacceptable. Truly, it is. It's 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 a. In fact, I think it's a disgrace to the sport. This is bigger than the Astro scandal. This is bigger <laughs> than Deflate Gate. Um, I think this is bigger than Qatar being awarded the FIFA FIFA World Cup. This could potentially, I think, bring down the sport of college basketball. It's that egregious. If if a coach can go anywhere on the court with zero repercussions, uh, dangerous number one. Toby Awaka could have died. Yeah, that's that's or, TBI. traumatic brain injury like that. Or Buzz Easy. Williams could have died. That that would have been great for the sport. We're not that lucky. <laughs> Tobey could have done us all a favor. I think this is I, I the 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 only thing that you could argue is worse than this for the NCAA was uh, SMU the Pony Express, and they got the death penalty. So think about that, NCAA. Think about that. The last time you saw a scandal this big 
Southern Myth or not Southern Miss, excuse me. Um, Southern Methodist. Yeah. The Pony Express. And you nixed that football program. Buzz Williams still running around. He's running around free range chicken. Cut his head off. <laughs> Figuratively. <laughs> I mean, you just went all out for that. <laughs> I love it. I think that was a good rant myself. Uh, that was off the dome. One. That wasn't planned at all either. That was a good one. Yeah. Thank you. Um, also, like the NCAA not being on the game, it's just going to be college football 25 is – I mean, are, are we just, like, saying, like, this is the end? It's going to be hard for me not to call it NCAA, I'm going to be honest. Oh, yeah, for sure. But them, like, oh, their probably. name just not being on it is it's pretty funny. Yeah. I guess I didn't go through them with for the rights. I don't know how all that works. Well. Who was the dude for Tennessee that was a big part of the, the lawsuit for the players against EA Sports? I don't know. Okay, I'll think about it. Hey, uh, question, probably stupidity, because I'm curious where you stand on it. I've got an opinion. Curious where you stand on it. If you're the 49ers, do you take the ball or do you do you kick it? You win the coin toss. I... I'm like... Knowing the rules, I probably kick it. But the fact that they didn't, I don't think it's it was detrimental. I think they were they want to take the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands because he was so hot at the time. Yeah, maybe, I, maybe not. But <clears throat> that's if I'm the forty, if I'm uh, Shanahan, that's what I'm saying anyway. I I take it because theoretically, if you're looking at getting the first sudden death one, a lot of people point to a two-point conversion. A two-point conversion is one play, one single play. Anything can happen on one play, whereas – and they want to call that the sudden death play. But you also have to go a full drive, score touchdown, theoretically, to get that one play. So you're thinking about you get the ball next in sudden death. And that's where I'm, I'm kicking it. I agree with you. And, yes, I do want to – I do want to not give Patrick Mahomes after going the length of the field top of game kind of deal. I think where they messed up is kicking a field goal. The reason, if you, unless you're assuming, if you're not assuming Patrick Mahomes scores a touchdown, just kick the ball, and then you can go kick a field goal to win the game. Well, the the, the worst part of all this is the missed extra point. That's, that's pretty that's messed something up. That's not being <laughs> talked about. That, But I'm talking about in overtime, especially yeah. where you're at. You go for it there. Yeah, because Patrick Mahomes, you don't want to give him the ball from the twenty going out or twenty five going out on a kickoff. So if you're twenty five and in, you go for it on fourth down, unless it's fourth and fifteen, fourth and twenty, you go for it on fourth down. Yeah, because I'm assuming like every intelligent human being, the 49ers were pretty sure they were gonna that Patrick Mahomes is gonna score a touchdown in overtime. He always does. Right. So I don't I a lot of people are saying it's obvious. Like the the videos are coming out of the the Chiefs. The Chiefs can say what they want. That's what they wanted. That's what they were gonna do. If you're in that moment, you say that's what you wanted, no matter what. Yeah. And the 49ers and, and I don't just did everything right. They just 
got pressure on third down and had to kick. A, I mean, they drove it down the field. Yeah, and and yeah, and then they shouldn't. In my opinion, you made the mistake when you kicked the field goal. Yeah, you probably got. I think go. you have to go for it. But yeah, I don't disagree with you. I think, and I don't. I'm not saying the Chiefs wouldn't have received it there, or yeah, received it there, um, or sorry, kicked it there if they won the coin toss. But there's also we don't we don't know that the rules like we. We don't know yet because this is the first time we've seen it under the new rules. Yeah. So we don't really know 100% what the right call was. That's another thing is – so in overtime, um, unless they score a touchdown, you were always guaranteed another possession. So, I mean, if you – I mean, I, that's another thing. What if, what if you turn it over? Uh, and you're the second team to go. What if, the, what if, what if the Chiefs had a bad snap, or what if the ball just popped out and they were second to go because they wanted to receive? They lose on a field goal because of one play, yeah. one unlucky play. Well, yeah, I, I think that's you have all the pressure. If you're the, if you take the ball, you put all the pressure on the other team. Yeah. You go down and score. Patrick, you want all the pressure on Patrick Mahomes to make a mistake. Now, does he make a mistake very often? No. But he he also, like, if he has no pressure, he's just going to pick you apart. Yeah. I, I think the people want to equate it to college football, but the thing about college football is you're almost always guaranteed three in the sense of you're in field goal range from the start. Yeah. So you it's it's hard to – it is good to know what you have to do in college football because it's almost impossible to lose if the first team that goes kicks a field goal. I shouldn't say impossible. It's just unless your kicker just craps the bed, it's hard to do, which happens in college football. I just mean that you're already in field goal range. You are guaranteed a shot at tying that football game. In the NFL, you're not guaranteed. A sh- they could have they could have fumbled on the very first play of overtime that they had the ball. Yeah, and they lose right there. That's the game. Whereas if you fumble the first play and you you receive the kick then you at least have the chance to your defense to get a stop and get the ball back. Yeah. I don't know. I think I we'll see over. I mean, it's, I, I hate that. It's, I get that you want to end the games fast, but it would be um, strategy wise. I wish they would just make it regular season so that you could see over time kind of what the best one is. Cause you're only going to see that maybe once a year going forward in the playoffs. Yeah. I think it's more fun. I think it's currently, I think the NFL has the best overtime rules. The fact that they took the the one the touchdown possession away from playoffs, I think they have the best overtime rules. Yeah, I agree with that. I think hockey hockey is was used to be the best. And I think the NFL is similar in the sense of they have they don't have a way to do Penalty shootout like hockey does in regular season, but you want regular season games to end. Sure, they matter, but they're not season ending. Um, so in hockey over hockey overtime, you have one period of play goes to penalty shootout. NFL, you have the the sudden death aspect. So I think right now NFL probably has the best overtime rules. Yeah. Also, what happens if let me ask you this? And this might be in the rule book. What happens if it let's say they play two quarters, right? Okay. Let's say the 49ers had the ball when time expired in the second quarter of overtime. Is it another quarter of overtime? Like is it or 
is it the is it halftime of overtime and then the chiefs get the ball how does that work <laughs> i don't know i mean i like they flip the field and Niners regain possession where they had it or are they kicking off again that's my question yeah i would love to like see like a team in overtime have to throw like a hell mary at, at halftime yeah it'd be awesome it would be awesome <laughs> Yeah, I agree. You know what would have been really funny is if the 49ers didn't score at all, and as soon as they got into full range, Harrison Butker got to kick a field goal to win it. That would have been hilarious, and then would Mike Shanahan would look really dumb. <laughs> uh, speaking of really dumb, did you see the Wake Forest baseball team pictures? No. They did a happy Valentine's Day um, – and their starting pitchers all were had their mouths on the same rows, and it said "Happy Valentine's Day." Yikes! Jeez. Are they trying to be Arkansas basketball? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. No, I was hey, like, hey, twenty twenty four. You do, you do what you do. Be comfortable. Yeah, yourself. yeah. just a, a little odd for me. But whatever. Oh, do you have that picture? I do. Yeah. You don't have to upload it here because just send it to me. But I think every we need to. Um, I wish they were an SEC team. So like after we beat them, we could put like Photoshop all of our pitchers' faces on the other pitchers' faces. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Whatever. You know what? Really, what I really hate. This is a stupidity on me. I really hate that I. Uh, I botched Major League Chew and called it Big League Chew. That's that's a big <laughs> my life. I brokered that deal, man. I brokered that deal. It's okay. And I just shot the bed. You Sorry, just Sandra, like, I didn't mean to do that with your 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 people. You just you just food club brand <laughs> big league chew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got I got got by uh Timu. That's what they sent me. Yeah. Oh, DHGA, gotcha. Yeah. Hey, um, did you see uh, – this is kind of the most important, but I'm going to go ahead and do it because it, I saw it today. Did you see Arian Foster's new golf bag? It's really cool. Dude, it is – I wish I played professional football now so I could have a golf bag back cool. <laughs> That's the only reason. That's it. You could, like, do all Let's your do, like, jerseys from high school. Yeah. <laughs> Don't have names on them either. It's just, like, the back of a random jersey. Yeah. I wonder you what the number is. You have a rugby jersey, right? No. <laughs> it's not even that's Landon. How dare you? <laughs> All right, guys. It's 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 10 o'clock. It's after dark. Um it's been awesome. Great. Hey, great I really do need people to Venmo me though, so I can watch the walls this weekend. That's actually <laughs> yeah. kind of real. Not that I can't afford it. I just don't want to pay it. Yeah, we, we need to figure out what we're going to do on that. Um, if we decide to have just a giant screen somewhere on campus, we'll let you know um, and charge $5. So we'll easily pay for that. Um, guys, thank you all for listening. Hope you have a good Friday, good weekend. We'll be back on Sunday night. Um, we'll also have the Pat Flip on Monday. So uh, stay tuned for that.
And uh, yeah, thanks again. Bring the boat in and we out.